Hello and welcome on to a trade deadline special episode of the ISO Bowl podcast uh, with Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. We've got Nick Raponi joining me again here to break down what was a massive trade deadline day. And uh, we're going to go over the deals for the past uh, few weeks. Uh, well, a week, I should say, starting with the Porzingis trade and then moving forward because we never touched on that. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining me on this wild, wild day, man. Yeah, no problem. Wild couple days. Yeah, wild, wild couple, days. couple days. Yeah, yeah it's a good point. Very good point. A lot of these trades... I'll just start off by saying have been, in my opinion, looking lopsided. Like they're interesting. Okay. I, like a lot of them, not all of them, but yeah. a lot of them, and it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Okay, so I think that's and I not not to say this was a lopsided trade, but I think you know considering we just kind of missed on this over the Porzingis. past couple days. Well, no, no, no. Well, let's let's. Well, this is the Porzingis trade. I right now I don't think this Lops. was lopsided. Oh, yes, okay, yes. so great. So let's let's have a conversation. So uh, Ian Begley reported uh, a, a week about a week ago that the talks between the Mavs and the Knicks had started a couple days before the the game in which they actually uh, played each other prior to this trade. Um, so in in there, Ian Begley um, describes how Porzingis was very uh, adamant about the fact that he was not willing to move forward with the organization and was threatening to take the qualifying offer so that he would become an unrestricted free agent uh, in the summer and be able to leave the Knicks. So I think that's an important caveat to notice here is that very much similar to AD, he wanted out. So this is not like, oh, he wanted to stay so badly and you yeah. give him a shot. So I just want to make sure that that is, um, you know, out there. So the trade goes like this. So the, so the Knicks are going to receive Dennis Smith Jr., um, DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, a 2021 first rounder unprotected and a 2023 first rounder, which is top 10 protected. Yeah. Um, and the Mavs are going to get Kristaps Porzingis, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, Trey Burke. And yeah, and, and that's the total. So let's start with it from the Knicks side here. So the reason the Knicks do this, obviously, is because A, first and foremost, Porzingis just no longer wants to be a part of your franchise. And if that's the case, you have no choice but to get something for him. So what they did here is they got rid of Porzingis and a lot of people will say on the surface, well, they didn't get any major assets back. And Dennis Smith Jr. I don't think is considered a major asset, although I think I'm still a little bit high on him. I still, I think the entire league has given up on him a little bit too soon, in my opinion, just because he couldn't play with Doncic. Um, I don't think that's a reason to give up on him. I still think he has talent. And I mean, the fact that you were able to get off the contracts of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway, who has 18.1 million due for him next year, and Courtney Lee, who has another 12.8 due for him next year, to get off of those guys and receive first round picks. Now we're talking like you got off Lee and Hardaway and you didn't have to attach first round picks to get rid of them. You actually got first round picks back. So if you consider that, along with Dennis Smith Jr., along with the fact that they've created the $74 million in cap space that's going to allow them to create two max slots. Who's going to sign in New York? Well, well that's my thing, right? It's, that's that's the ultimate question here. Is like, okay, so this is all great, but who's going to sign in New York? And we've heard the rumblings about Kevin Durant going to the Knicks. We've heard of the whole Kyrie Irving's not safe in Boston. I don't know you shit. Talk to me July 1 sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't but, know if the Knicks are the destination for any of these guys, well, though. They're too bad. We've seen it before, right? You go for LeBron, you get Amari Stoudemire. They went for Charles Barkley, they struck out on him. They, like, they always go for that top guy and then settle a notch down and like if they're going to go and swing for the fences and go for jimmy butler and kevin durant you better not end up or sorry what am i saying um kevin durant and kyrie irving you better not end up with jimmy butler and kemba walker like because that's that's a rebuild that's not going to go out for you i mean you're paying those you're gonna have to pay those guys 35 to yeah. 30 percent maxes and those guys are both in their third i think kemba's just a little younger than 30 but jimmy's in his 30s and you're going to be locked into those deals with two guys who are 
great players, but are not championship caliber players and cannot be the best player on a championship team. And if you're the Knicks and you get yourself into that situation, then this is a loss for you. Which is exactly why, yeah, it's great. You cleared the cap space, but I don't think in the next two years you're going to have a team that's going to attract stars unless you draft Zion, then maybe. Well, but that's like, another scenario. But that's, yeah. that's who knows if they're yeah. going to be able to land. Absolutely. Right? But 14% chance of that too. Yeah. So that's something to consider. I just think you're getting poor. Chris Stapps, Porzingis. For Dennis Smith, realistically, Dennis Smith Jr., good player. Mm -hmm. An unprotected first when I think you're going to probably compete for a playoff spot in 2021. I'm going to say you're going to be there with Doncic and Porzingis. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that probably will be out of the lottery. Sure. I'd agree with that. There you go. And then the one to, in 2023, one to 10 protected. We don't really know where they'll be in 2023, but yeah. I'm going to assume in a good spot. Yeah, That's what I'm sure. going to assume yeah. with the players they have. I, I, I assume it'll be something around the same type of pick you'll get in 2021. Because assuming the core will be built by then. And yeah, exactly. And things yeah, I agree with that. So so you're looking at picks in probably the late teens, early 20s. Is that You think that's fair? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't think that and Dennis Fitt Jr. is nearly enough for Porzingis. Never mind Porzingis. Well, plus the cap space, though. Because you have to you have to realize that the only other way they would have gotten rid of Hardaway and Lee is if they attached first-rounders to them. So they didn't give up for round. They got two first-rounders back. So that you have to consider that, right? I understand that for sure. But I think Hardaway helps the Mavs, like, a lot. Oh, yeah, he can play. That's, Hardaway can play. I don't but, care what anyone says. He exactly. Can play. So, I mean, 2021, he has a player option. I know. He's locked in long-term. Mm -hmm. But at 18, 19 million, yeah, it's not great. But it's not, like... It's not completely dead money. He's, yeah. He can still play. Exactly. He can still so play. I'm not, and he's still not that old. Like, so no. I don't think it's, it's not a great contract, but I don't think it's a killer contract. And I think Porzingis is going to sign long-term in Dallas. I really do. Like, I, he's probably. Yeah, I think so too. Well, he's talked about taking the qualifying offer, which to me, it makes no sense. Like, it, well, if, like he's going to take the qualifying offer just to begin with and then talk negotiation. Well, yes. Well, yes. Yeah. You have to. Well, yeah. And that's, sorry. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is if you don't take the qualifying offer, you automatically become an unrestricted free agent and then they can talk. So that's what I'm saying is well, like. What he's saying, when they talk all this stuff, he's going to accept the qualifying offer is basically saying is, yeah, what it, did Dallas give up all this stuff for a guy who's only going to be there for one year? He's saying, no, do not worry. I'm signing the qualifying offer. I'm like, like I'm not being you. a UFA. Like yeah. I'm a, I, he's an RFA. He's going to sign it. Yeah, Dallas okay. going to give it to him, and then I think the long term contract's going to come. Okay, I really sure. I, I think either way. I think either way you swing this, whether he takes the qualifying offer or becomes an unrestricted free agent, it's clear that Porzingis seems he wants to be there. He loves the European connection yeah. with Dirk and Doncic. He loves the way that Mark Cuban runs the the franchise. He loves what Rick Carlisle is going to do for him as a pick and pop big, much like he did with Dirk. No, all exactly. the pieces are set up there. He's for him exactly. Yeah. He's set up for success there. I don't think he's going anywhere else. I really don't. I don't so. think so either. So whether he takes the qualifying offer or becomes an unrestricted free agent to me i don't think it matters because i think he's resigning one way or another yes but you're so basically what i was saying is your cap space yeah you've cleared a lot of cap space great and you picked up first round picks for that that's awesome mm -hmm. but you're not going to use that cap space and those picks i don't think are going to be great picks so and for what it's worth the knicks necessarily haven't drafted great that's also to be considered no exactly right? yeah so okay so so that's fair i mean I so still i think mavs win that now and long-term. It's impossible to say long-term, obviously. We yeah. don't know. But I'm predicting, yes, they win that long-term and short-term. Like, this is not a good deal for the Knicks. I, I, I like this for the Mavs. I do like this for the Mavs. But I, I still think I like this just a little bit better for the Knicks. Like, they, they've tried so many things over the past 20 years to try and, quote-unquote, rebuild and get themselves, like, a credible franchise. And all they've en ever ended up with was, like, a year of, like, an aged Jason Kidd in 2013 and Carmelo Anthony and Amari Sotomayor. And they got deep in the playoffs once, and that was the best success they had. But, so the fact that they're trying something different, at least, I can applaud. But the Knicks pushed Porzingis out. They're... 
re- well, yeah, they're the, run, they're, they're, run exactly. So why would Porzingis want to be there if they were not as bad as they are? Not on the court. I'm talking from the front office down. If they were in the owner down, that's where it all starts with them. It's Dolan, yeah. So why would you want to be there? It's the Knicks are doing it to themselves. It's not like he doesn't want to be a New York Knick. Like he doesn't want to play for that basketball. Like is I don't know what I'm trying. To, all I'm trying to say is the front office, the ownership. They're the laughing stock there. Nobody's going to want to play there. If that was cleaned up and you actually took yourself as a serious franchise, Porzingis well, would still I think be I'm going to have to run under that assumption, though, because, again, this is not the same Phil Jackson uh, type of leadership we've seen in the past. Like, this new regime has clearly done some good stuff. Like, they haven't made too many mistakes. They just haven't been good in the last few years, but they haven't made too many mistakes. So I have to run under the assumption that there's been some cleanup of the organizational culture and the fact that they're a little more coherent than they used to be in the past. And, you know, I have to take that into consideration. I, ju- I just have to. How-, how can you be worse than what you were? How can you be worse than what you were? To me, like... Even, They're just as bad now as I they don't know, were five I, years ago. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if you can be worse than if Phil Jackson was in the office. Remember when Phil Jackson wanted to trade Porzingis yes. even before he wanted to be traded? Phil Jackson was a mess in New York, definitely. When they canned him, things were getting better. But it starts with Dolan. And Dolan's never going to sell a team, so he's got he's to change or else... I can't see the Knicks really changing. Much. Yeah, it does start from the top down. Here's the one thing, like, again, I just like this for the Knicks because they're trying something different. They're trying something that they haven't done before and they've uh, and they've been able to accumulate assets. How valuable those assets are, we'll see. But I just like the fact that they're doing different. Here's the thing where if you're going to argue against the Knicks, here, here's your big argument here. You went out and traded and gave up all these, like, you know, quote-unquote assets being Porzingis and, you know, whatever you, whatever you gave up. To get the guy, you should have drafted anyway in Dennis Smith Jr. You should have drafted him anyway. You know what I mean? You shouldn't have had to trade Porzingis to go out and get Dennis Smith Jr. You should have drafted Dennis Smith Jr. to pair with Porzingis. And here's the other thing, and that Max Kellerman made a great part of. Like, like the Knicks, like, that they, they look here like they're smart, right? Oh, we're cleaning Castry for 2019 for, like, the free agents they're and all that sort of stuff. They're not smart in any situation. No, here, here, here's where they're not smart. Dude, people knew about this three years ago. You, the, the, the idea was for you to pair Porzingis with the cap space, not to trade Porzingis to get the cap space. And so if you want to argue that, that this is just the Knicks are completely late to the party when it comes to understanding what 2019 means from a free agency standpoint, then I totally agree because they missed the boat or they jumped on the rudder of the boat while it was still in the water. Like, that's what they did, right? Like, they like they didn't clearly see this ahead. They waited to see this too late. And if you want to make that argument that this should have been done in 2017 or 2016 or 2018, and knowing that you could have foreseen this in 2019, I also can't argue with that point. So I'm, I'm shitting on the Knicks a lot here, even though I like what they did, like, from a tactical standpoint, just trying something new. But I also see the other side of this where, like, there's so many things where you could have avoided this situation and you know kept yourself moving. So I do see both sides, but ultimately I do like it for the Knicks. I do like it for the Mavs. And I think we're going to see somewhat of a win-win here. Again, all that contingent on the Knicks getting at least one of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, or one of the big stars. Yes, but and at the same time, another reason why I think the Mavs win this trade too is because it's not like they didn't make any cap space. Like correct, I- correct. $29 million as I see it right here. And... They traded Harrison Barnes, too. So Harrison Barnes' contract's off the book as well. That's right. They traded. So they have tons of cap space as well. Like, it's not like they're oh, picking up Cardaway. They're financially burdened. They're not. Yes. They're not financially burdened. That is true. They, they and had Courtney Lee. Okay, Courtney Lee has one more year. They have one more year of him after this, and then he's off the books. Yeah. So 
yeah, you're going to have to eat Hardaway for a bit, but he's going to help you. It's not like you're just eating a contract. He's going to help you. Yeah, so. and you make a good point, right? You're eating these two deals over the next two years, but you're not actualizing your potential over the next two years. You're actually, you're actualizing it over the next 10, 15 with these two as your core. <laughs> yeah. So you eat the contracts for the, the for the immediate future to set yourself up for a two bit, a big time pick and pop, pick and roll, future. whatever, yeah, core going forward. So I see your point there as well. Um so yeah, so that'll wrap it up for the next trade. A lot, a lot of different ways to look at this, in my opinion. Um, just rounding it out here, uh, the cap, the Knicks have created about 75 million in practical cap space, which is enough for two max slots. Um, Neil Aquina, Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, Lonzo Trier, Mitchell Robinson, and Joakim Noah, who is stretched, are the only solid, like guaranteed contracts on this roster. The rest of them have player options or, or are expiring. So. I mean, this is a this is a blank slate for the Knicks, and you know, hopefully yeah. they can prove something. I mean, that's that's all they've got to do. They probably won't, but yeah, let's yeah, hope. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and on the Maverick side, they create a twelve point nine million dollar trade exception here. Uh, they have twenty nine million in practical cap space. I don't know if that's even a, more. They traded Harrison Barnes. That's right. They you, traded Harrison Barnes on the that. expiring. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, Harrison Barnes, he would have accepted his player option at twenty five uh, million. million. He probably would have opted into that. That yeah. is actually that's a very good point actually. And the fact that they got rid of that keeps that space open. So yeah. yes, so they so might going have, into twenty nineteen. They definitely have enough for a max. Okay, probably yeah. They most likely will have enough for a max. Correct. Um, yeah. So I mean that leaves the Mavericks open to you know be a player in free agency while and while like, having Porzingis exactly. And so exactly, I think it's a guarantee they win this deal. Yeah. Okay. So I well they definitely win in some capacity. Now the only way they don't win is if Porzingis knee injury is worse than we thought. And you don't come back from an ACL. Sprint. It was we a have... year ago. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it was December. It was, yeah, a year ago, exactly. It was in the February? Or February. Or February. Exactly. So, so yeah. it's a year. Yeah, so it's, it's here, been but... a year. I agree. So he's going to be fine by the start of next year. They could have probably played him towards so. the end of this year if it was a serious contending for the Mavs. Or, I mean, sorry, the Knicks. If the he was on the Knicks roster and the Knicks were close to making a playoff spot in the East, I think late in the year he would have played. So Interesting. You know, I don't think it's as bad as we, th- but we obviously don't know that for sure. And but. modern medicine, a lot of people come back from ACLs. It's not the same injury it was a few years ago. And I, I do recognize that as well. But I do, um, I think, um, I, I, th- I still think there's some risk there. I think there has, something has to be taken into account. You got to believe he's going to be on a minute's limit for the for the time he comes back. And, uh, and Nick's making fun of me via Google Doc. And so that pretty much ends that section right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's funny. Okay, so let's move on to another another trade here. The the second we say second biggest that might be a tie between that and the next one we get to, but a big trade nonetheless. I'm gonna say the next one we get to is bigger, but this one, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So big. Okay, fair enough. So we leave the best for last. Who cares? Uh, so this is a massive trade here. Um, well, I think I'm gonna say the best trade is still the Porzingis one. That is so big. That is okay. Yeah, a sure. Franchise player going in a Absol- trade at that age, like it's crazy. I Absolutely. think that's a huge trade. That's yes. the best player to get moved. Yes, yes. I, I agree with that. Move. Okay, so. A six, the Sixers and the Clippers made a massive deal here. Uh, the Sixers are going to receive Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott. Uh, going back to... Sorry, Mike Scott, best nickname in maybe sports. Two first names. But he has the best nickname. The three-general manager. I, uh, yeah, I read oh that on Basketball God, Reference. That That's is right. the best. Shout out to Michael Scott, the office. That is amazing. That is funny. And he's going to play, by the way. He's he's that extra shooter that they brought in to you know come off the bench and you know fire bombs away. So he's going to play. Um, the Clippers in this, again, so again, the Sixers receive Harris, Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, Mike Scott, the, the Clippers, what all a haul, expiring what, all, yeah, yeah, all expiring deals for those guys. Um, the Clippers, what a haul they got here. Landry Shamit, 
They got Wilson Chandler, who is expiring in 2019. They got Mike Muscala, who has already been traded. And and they got Zubach (laughs) back for that deal. So they turned Muscala into Zubach. So that's the way you can look at that realistically. Mm -hmm. They also got a 2020 first rounder uh, from the Sixers, lottery protected. They got got that 2021 first round unprotected pick they got from the the Mikhail Bridges trade. (laughs) So they gave that up. Or, or the Clippers got that now. And then the Clippers also get a 2021 and 2023 second round picks, which are coming from Detroit, which is also a nice little trade tip. You can see those picks being in, you know, the early yeah, 40s, late 30s, right? So, I mean, those are a couple of nice trade chips. To me, it's not, it's very clear. The Clippers won this trade. Oh, yeah. Like, the Clippers won Look this at, trade. Because Clippers have said, we don't want to be one of those, like, kind of fighting for the playoff spot. Yes. We want to just do a true rebuild. And if you are acquiring all these first round picks... And you Especially that unprotected one, the 2021 yes. Miami pick. But without, like, let's say aside from these picks, these yeah. picks. So now you have these picks. Yeah. If you go out and you land Kawhi, I know. So you have Kawhi and all these picks going forward. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Looking I, good for the Clippers. Absolutely, man. Another thing I will point out about this, best part about this trade, Zubac doesn't have to buy a new home. We're from, <laughs> from LA to LA. That's great. I love that. Um, and yeah, maybe we can talk about that one at the end because that one really puzzled me. But back to the Sixers-Clippers trade. Um, my original thoughts were this was a steal for the Clippers. I mean, Tobias Harris is the big chip here that they had to move, but they did so for good reason. Like, if you're the Clippers, right? Like, he's an expiring contract, right? His cap hole next year is $22 million, but let's face it, this guy has earned a big-time deal. He's earned a max oh, deal. Oh, paid man. He's, he's getting paid. Yeah, he's going to get paid, right? <laughs> and if you're the Clippers, are you using one of your max slots on Tobias Harris? No, no of course not. Leonard. Yeah, you're exactly using Kawhi Leonard and or any other player. Yeah, exactly. And someone else, right? Or maybe just Kawhi Leonard and you keep that space open to take yeah. on bad contracts to get more picks. Who knows, right? <laughs> so Tobias is the big chip and they moved him for good reason because he's expiring. And the Clippers also have been slipping in the standings. I mean, what are yeah. they, eighth, ninth? Yeah. So to me, it's so, so, so smart from Jerry West and, uh, and Lawrence Frank and Doc to say, what are we chasing? An eight seed so we can get swept by the Warriors? There's a reason he's the NBA logo. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly, right? Like, what are we looking for here? Like, an extra five games of playoff revenue? No, let's go. Let's move Tobias Harris. Let's stockpile these picks going forward, clear a lot of the cap sheet, and, and make it a, a much more attractive destination for free agents to come here, knowing all the stockpile picks that are coming through. Exactly. And Zubach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Zubach. You got it all. Right, so, so Clippers definitely won this. I think it helps the Sixers this year. It does. Of course. It does. But does it make them the best team in the East? No, it does no, not. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, it doesn't right now. Yeah. So that pretty I much mean, speaks for itself. I, mean, I think yeah. the Clippers won. I mean, These are all expiring deals. Exactly. This is a this is a this year push. Exactly. And you gave up a lot for a this year push that didn't even make you the best team in the East. Exactly. And and remember, like. The Clippers are doing this on the fly, right? They traded Chris Paul. They traded Blake Griffin. They traded Tobias Harris. They traded their best player three years in a row. I will say this about them, though. Apparently, loyalty is a thing Kawhi likes. Apparently. I okay. don't know. I heard that. I don't, okay. know. I don't know if this is true. Well, Toronto and the Clippers are reputation for not being all that loyal. <laughs> so These hoes ain't loyal. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I agree, man. Like, I agree. Like, if, if that's something that he likes, then I agree. Speaking he, of Kawhi, ruled he, out tonight. Oh, well, as if we needed another guy out for the Raptors. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so, yeah, so I just, I give a tremendous, tremendous credit here uh, to Jerry West, Doc Rivers, and Lawrence Frank up there in the front office. They clearly have a yeah. very, very smart and well-focused ambition. Um, the last thing I'll say is uh, they continued their strength in their position in 2019. Uh, they get off... Uh, 
they get they can well they already got off uh, Gortat which they waived today they can get off of Beverly they waived Milos they traded Avery Bradley so they got off a lot of these guys That's that are tank part, mode. yeah which is exactly which is tank mode and the Cl the Clippers are about to, uh, projected to have about forty six point seven million in cap space again this was before the tr some of the trades they made today getting rid of Bradley and uh, waving Gortat yeah um so that space uh, obviously is more than enough to get a thirty or thirty five percent max slot player and they have a fairly blank a cap sheet very similar to what the Clippers are doing here but just better run organization and they have a ton of assets right they got um, Shea Gildas Alexander they got Jerome Robinson they got Landry Shamit they got new competent ownership and um, you know the last thing I'll say is like if I'm a Raptors fan and, I, and I'm Kawhi Leonard I see this, and I see this situation <laughs> I'm thinking well damn I would want to go there too yeah I would uh, want to go there too and but at I, the same sad, time it's sad but the, it's true that's great but at the same time you can look at it from the other perspective that Hey, Toronto's giving up a lot from me. They give up DeMar DeRozan. They give up a first-round pick. Then they're trying to get Gasol for that push. Like, they're doing a lot to try and show Kawhi we're here to win. Way to leak the trades before they happen, bro. We haven't even got to that one yet. <laughs> I'm kidding, The bro. next trade is the Gasol <laughs> trade, if you didn't realize already. But I hear you. Yeah, you make a good point. Like, these are the type of moves that, like, you know, influence Kawhi. I mean, we'll get to that in a second, but... Um, I totally agree with you there. Let's just talk about this quickly from the Sixers angle. I mean, I don't think they have too many ways to look at this, but here, here's the way I look at it, okay? So they, they wanted to create a big four. Obviously, they're all in this year, right? They're going for a championship. They're going for a spot in the finals this year. And they think and they think Tobias Harris creates a big four that will get them there. Whether they're you, big. They're a their starting lineup is disgusting. It's nasty. It's, it's nasty. just the depth is just, ooh, I don't so, know. So Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, um, uh, who am I think? Oh my good, Jimmy Butler, Butler and Bead uh, and, and Harris. That's a nasty starting lineup. That's like one of the best in the NBA. And then you get yeah. to, and then you get to your depth, and you've got it's not great. Boban, uh, Boban, <laughs> Mike Scott, and we're forgetting I, someone. I, I know, I know, we're probably forgetting a couple guys. Like Wilson yeah. Chandler's gone. Like yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple guys. Oh, is Furkan Korkmaz still on the roster? I think Korkmaz is still there. McConnell. McConnell. Um, who else is here? Foltz got traded. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, pull up the Sixers roster for me so we can see. Yeah, Korkmaz is still there. Amir Johnson's bio candidate at this point. Um, Malachi. Malachi Richardson. Jonathan yeah. Simmons. Jonathan Simmons as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and Zaire Smith, he should be coming back. So they got some depth is he there. Back? Yeah. I, I think so. I think the I think he'll be back maybe at the end of the year. But again, he's a rookie. Who knows how much he'll contribute? But again, I think the Sixers' depth is a bit of an issue at this point. Um, I don't think that I don't think there's much argument around that. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the Sixers. I mean, their process is complete. Um, so it seems, and I mean, Kevin O'Connor, I just want to wrap this up with from the Sixers side here. Kevin O'Connor made an excellent point about, um, something here about this. Um, Tobias Harris is an insurance policy in case they can't keep Butler in case Butler isn't happy with his role there and he decides to leave. They've got a max slot open for somebody who is yes. at least capable of doing so. So that in so, LA, I think he might be. Yeah. I, I think he might be interesting too, but again, just a little bit of insurance there in case one, one leaves, whether it's Tobias or Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And then. If they both sign, Kevin O'Connor here has it. It could get very expensive. And, I mean, in the 2020-2021, the cap is projected at $118 million, and the Butler, Harris, Embiid, and Simmons alone could cost around $130 million. So you're already in the tax with those three. Yeah. Or with those so, four. Like, that's that's very quick. Yeah. There's 11 other roster spots you have yep, to, you have yep, to yep. fill out. So, who knows? Um, so who knows how that works exactly. So, I mean, I like it from the Sixers' point of view right now. They clearly got better. They're clearly all in this year. I just hope that they're financially set up to have more than just a, a big four and nothing else because yeah. that's a very real possibility of what could happen at this point definitely so we'll see and they have no and again a lot of picks just went out the door from the sixers too so 
Um, not a lot of not a lot of young guys coming in for development at this point um, in the near future as well. Who do you think won this trade? The Clippers, right? Oh yeah, it's okay. not even a question. Okay, just making sure. Okay, so we, I think the Clippers won this trade as well. All right, let's get to the third and final one we're going to cover, and then we'll touch on uh, some of the smaller trades around the league. Again, we could go on for like hours here. Like there was so much that happened at this deadline, but you know, just in the interest of time, and you know, today's the. Um, the all-star selections live televised and we want to see if uh if maybe nick nurse suits up for the raptors against the hawks given how little players they have <laughs> so yeah. we so we want to try and you know well, keep, keep this fairly short i can play i can i think i can play too if i mean me and nick, me. Me and nick they need me me and nick are a pick and pop duo out here like you should see us in pickup it ain't even funny out here man you don't want to see us two on two okay this is a conversation for another day <laughs> All right, so the third and final trade here uh, is the Marcus Gasol trade. We've heard rumors that Marcus Gasol was heading to Charlotte over the past couple of days, but clearly no deal got done. And Masai, being the GOAT GM that he is, went and scooped him up for a great deal, I think. So uh, the Raptors are going to get Marcus Gasol in this trade, and Memphis is going to receive Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a 2024 second-round pick. Um... I think the Raptors degraded this deal. Oh, I think yeah. To, I, I think, Memphis I think, did not, though. Okay, let's talk about the Raptors first, and we'll talk about how Memphis didn't do as well, because I agree with this you. This is I what I was talking about at the beginning, another lopsided trade. To me, all three were lopsided that we spoke about. <laughs> okay, well, then there you go. So let's let's talk about the Raptors first. So the Raptors get Marcus Gasol. Okay, what did they give up for Marcus Gasol? Well, they gave up CJ Miles, who had a $8.7 million player option next year. Who do you, he's probably do, do you think? Do you think I want to pick up CJ Miles' player option after he's been how he's been playing this year? The answer is no. No. The answer is absolutely not. I'm not picking up CJ Miles' $8.7 billion player option. Hell no. DeLon Wright I'm not was resigning. the asset. Well, I'm not resigning him anyway. Well, that's the point. But that's the thing is, he's the asset here. He's what we had to give up in order to get Marcus Gasol. And if the asset is DeLon Wright, the guy who, you know, is... I'm not a restricted free agent this year, and I, if he if he doesn't take the qualifying offer, he's unrestricted. Now we have no control over Delon Wright, and I think personally he's going to get more than three point six million dollars. Well, I year. think you have to take the. You don't have to take the qualifying offer. You but can then sit, you hold. Well, you then can't. you become an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. And if you and if you take the qualifying offer, somebody can give you an offer sheet, which is how it works. So you can make oh, an gotcha. offer yeah, sheet. Yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. Exactly. So I think someone's going to make him an offer sheet bigger than three point six million dollars. And I mean, if that's over four or five years, and they think that you know twenty six year old Delon Wright, they can lock him up for four years in his prime, and that's their starting point guard. I mean, no thank you. No. Like, like just no thank you, right? No. Like, uh, like I love DeLon Wright. I love his craftiness. I love his switchability defensively at the one, two, and three Definitely. spots. I love that about him. We even said in past podcasts we'd rather have him over Fred Van Vliet. They're probably about the same to this point. I don't know that I can say. I'd without... put Fred over DeLon, I would. Okay. But... So maybe we're retracting that, what we said in the past there well, a little DeLon bit. Well, but... DeLon has the more potential. Like, he has the potential to be a better player than Fred. I think so, too. I think Fred. At this point, he's a little better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Fred Bennett, but at the same time, shooter. I think DeLon's kind of oh the potential. He's 26 now. I think he's kind of done. Well, yeah, he is. I would have moved. Yeah, I would have moved on from DeLon at the end of this year. So I'm fine with trading him. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. And I mean that makes that makes total sense to me. So um, DeLon Wright was the asset you had to get rid of, and then Jonas Valanciunas. So again, 17.6 million dollar player option next year. If he picks that up, okay, fine. We have JV, and he's improved. He's picking oh, that up. Yeah, he's proved, and exactly. But where is JV getting 17.6 in the open market? He's not, right? So he's picking that up, and now you're locked in for $17.6 million for a backup center, right? Like, which, which, is, which, no. which is too much for a backup center given the market of centers in the NBA. So now we realize that, okay, CJ Miles is expendable. Jonas Valanciunas was the upgrade that you had to give as a replacement. And so the, the, all you really gave up in this deal to me is DeLon Wright and a 2024 second rounder. For Marcus. For, Mar for Marcus. 
for Marcus Gasol. And now let's put this in perspective. Marcus Gasol expiring contract next year, twenty five point five million dollar player option. Is he going to pick that up? I, I have no idea. I think he does. I, but, uh, man, but that's the thing is, if you're Marcus Gasol, you're thirty four years old. Would you not want to take the risk and say, okay, maybe I want to go out in the open market and see if I can get well, three it years, depends forty what million? Does. It depends what Kawhi does. Well, well, what, well yeah, it's a good point. But I, but again, are you going to want to? Is Masai going to want to? Nobody waste is going to pay Mar- Marcus Gasol. Nobody's going to pay Marcus Gasol at thirty four. Marcus Gasol's not getting anything more than three years i think he got four maybe i don't four, think so fourth year player going into the off season he'll be what 35 34 oh, going into right. next se- like nah, you're max. right actually yeah three years you're right three years is the absolute max yeah okay so okay good point three year max but you don't you don't think maybe marcus all could command three years 30 million on the open market and get more than the 25 five he'll get in one year that's that's how i look at it you mean right three years 90 million no, 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 three years, 30, 10 mil a year. And instead of the 25-5 player option he picks up, he opts out of that and gets more money over the rest of his career. You see what I'm getting at now? So well, he'll get 30 million over no, the rest of his career be, instead of 25-5. That would be terrible. Why? So he has 25-5 for one year and then he's a free agent. Yeah, so for and, the next two years, he's going to make more than 5 million. Yeah, but a 30, yeah, uh, dude, for a 37-year-old Marcus All, you're sure he's going to make more than 5 million in a year? In two years. Doesn't hell he has to make it more than two and a half million a year and he makes that 30 oh, million I, combined. I, 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 I don't know if What you're saying is 30 million though. So total 30 over three years. Yeah. Over right. one right now, if he accepts the option, he's at 25. I don't so know if he gets two, ten, I don't So know. you don't think he gets two and a half million a year for two years? Okay, maybe he does. Maybe he does. But I mean, you. But but I mean, what if he gets, but like, what if Marcus Gasol wants to say, okay, I want three years, like 45 now instead of, instead of 40. Now he's got to make up 15 million over those for... Uh, over those next two years to see make up that same amount of money. I think my point is is that if he opts out of that 25-5, I think he can make more money over the rest of his three to four year career in total than he can if, is if he chooses to take that 25-5 and then jump back into unrestricted free agency at 36 and think you're going to be able to get that same amount. I think that's my I think that's well, my point. He doesn't have to get that same amount though. Like it depends what the offer is. He's going yeah, to he's going to decline depend. this option. Probably. Well, that's the thing is we don't know. Like it's tough to say. It's tough. It depends how he plays for the rest I, of the year. I, you know what? I don't know. At twenty five, at twenty six million, I'm gonna say he probably ex- depends what the Raptors do. If the Raptors go into Kawhi leaves full rebuild mode, he's not gonna come back. But I think if the Raptors are still competitive, I think he might accept that option. And he because on the open market he's gonna get roughly twenty six million. So even if he gets thirty million with a crappy player, like our crappy team, sorry, wouldn't you rather twenty five with a good team? You're a vet. I guess it, it just depends what he wants to do. If he likes winning and he's willing to accept less uh, to go to a to compete for a championship, assuming like a guy like Kawhi comes back and he's like, okay, I'll stay. I'll sign off for two that. more years in a player option and see if I can compete for a championship. Maybe. Then, yeah, maybe he opts out and says, okay, give me – okay, I'm going to opt out of my 25-5, but I want, you know – Two years, $30 million from you guys to make up for that 25-5 that I would have gotten. And which is probably um, which is probably going to leave a little bit of money on the table. But I want to do that to, to compete for you guys and try to win a championship. So or, you're saying take a two-year 30 instead of a one. No player in history will take a two-year 30 <laughs> instead of a one-year 25. Not one player in history will do that. Okay, sorry, not two or thirty. I mean, like two. Well, that's the thing. Okay, so maybe he does pick it up then, because now I'm, I'm now you're making good points. Like I can't. Like I can't there's no of, way a player will take. 20 like there's just no way he's gonna bank on himself to make more than five million the next year there's just it 100 percent. i sure hope so it, all it takes is one injury and he won't make anything all, all it takes is one but like, for really five million decline. dollars yeah. that late in your career it's worth the risk like five million that late in your career is not that much for a guy I like guess. marcus all who's made his money over his career 
I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Okay, so I guess no, you make good points. I mean, I guess by that logic, he's picking it up. Um, and so if that's the well, case, they, that's, it, it just depends what happens. If Toronto <clears throat> stays in win mode, he'll pick it up. If they don't, I think he declines. I think that's what happens. I guess so. I, I, he I, strikes I don't me as a winner, man. He strikes me as a I winner. Agree. I agree. I agree. I don't want to get stuck on this, but I, I think there could be a scenario where he opts out of the 25-5 and makes more over the rest of his career, even if he opts into 25-5 and over the next two years after that contract, he makes, I don't know, whatever amount of money. I still think he could opt out and look for a contract that'll pay him enough that he will make more over his career if he were to take the 25-5 and the extra two years of whatever. I still think there's a scenario in which that could play out, in my opinion. Yeah, I just don't think there's a chance in the 2020 offseason, if Marcus is a free agent, there's no chance he gets less than $10 million, in my opinion. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, no, I totally agree with you. Because now that I think about that 2020 free agent offseason, that, sh- that is a complete garbage there's, year for free like, agents. I think he gets there's closer to be 20 money to spend. than 10. Yeah, that, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You know what? No, I... I spent five minutes arguing a point that I'm now taking back. You are absolutely right. Yes, he should. I, I still think he should pick it up, competitive or not, and then I still think that he will be able to get yeah. uh, the rest of his money he deserves on that 2020 market where there's not a lot of pay- players to play. Okay, my bad. We spent a lot of time on that, and I did not <laughs> intend to do it. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, so I think the Raptors did great here. Let's talk a little bit about the on-the-court fit. Now, are you are you a proponent of playing Ibaka and Gasol together, or would you rather Siakam and Gasol or Siakam and Ibaka and Gasol off the bench? Siakam and Gasol and like I think Ibaka so and that jackknife can play the five, can play Second the four. Second unit center. Second, yeah. And he can play some five, he can play some four. Just sure. like off the bench, play both those minutes. That's what I like. Yep, I agree. I, th- I think so too. I still like Siakam in that starting lineup with Gasol. Yeah. Um, I think. Love it. Like what you kind of touched on, I believe you touched on it earlier. Maybe you did. Maybe it was when we were just chatting and yeah. you said Gasol's numbers, uh, possessions oh, yeah. on the elbow. Yeah, let me let me show you. So, um, go- let me go to let me go to my retweets here. So I, I want to get the I want to get this right in terms of who I found this from. Um, so Mike the, Adams. yeah, this yeah, Micah Adams um, tweeted something really really um, really profound. So from 2013 to 14, all the way up to 2018 19, and each one of like the six years in between, Marcus Gasol has led the NBA in post touches. And led the NBA for one, two, three, four, five, six years in a row. Yeah, that's not over the past six years. That's six each years. and every year he led the assists or led the league in elbow touches. Since 2013, he's led the league in elbow touches every single season. And Toronto ranks 28th in elbow touches. No, 28th what? in elbow assists. And uh, Sorry, assists from the elbow. Correct. My apologies. And so when you have a guy like Valanciunas and you have a guy like Ibaka that are just score first yeah, guys they're and that not post looking up for the threats. pass they're, they're not, post no. up threats right they're not looking to pass so now you've got a guy at the elbow where nick nurse can run his split actions he can run siakam cutting oh my <laughs> goodness and that and that's how the tweet finishes off from mike adams is like imagine siakam cutting off of gasol and how much gravity that would create and another thing william lou i'm looking at the tweet right below it makes another great point the bucks and, and me and Nick are watching the clip right now. The Bucks pack the paint. Oh, they, they do. They pack yeah. the paint. And that's and if you see Memphis here, what the that's that's their solution. Pick and pop with Gasol, which is going to force Brook Lopez to come out to the perimeter. Force Giannis playing at the five to come out to the perimeter. Um, those are guys that are going to have to adjust. Ilyasova, whoever you want to call it. Those are the guys that are going to have to come out and be sure that they're defending that because... Again, we're just continuing to watch clips here, and we see that each one of those is a pick-and-pop is the type of solution that's going to that. And 
you know, you see Marcus Gasol being able to have, be a post-up option. He's seeing cutters. He's able to get into the paint and, you know, make tough shots over big centers. Like, he's such a versatile big. And he's, defensively, he's, too. And, and defensively, too. He's a great, great post-up big. I mean, this is a guy you can match up against Embiid, against Horford, against oh, yeah. Giannis, against Brook Lopez, against Miles Turner. Whoever, though, one of those five or four teams you go up in the first round, second round, third round, you got an option for them. Yeah, and such a soft touch as a shooter, Absolutely, too. absolutely. Like, a big time upgrade over JV and Ibaka when it comes to three point shooting. Uh, a much better passer than both. A much better post defender than both. Just I, shooting in general. Yeah, and just shooting. And in general. obviously, of course, passing. This yeah. guy's after Jokic, maybe after the Joker, probably the second best post passing big, maybe something like that. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily doubt it. Um, and, and I think I think that's quite interesting. I think this opens a lot up a lot of different opportunities for the Raptors to try uh, to try different things to attempt to uh, be able to use pick and pop, use pick and roll, uh, and have Gasol as a short roll guy too. Like I didn't even think of that. Like when two guy when Lowry's got it going and two guys trap Lowry and you have Gasol playing four on three in like in the short corner yeah. or in the, oh, in the yeah. post area and he's gonna make the decisions to go to OG Norm Siakam. That like who who do you want that's better yeah, than that? Exactly. You know like so like just. So and many great positives. Another here. another like small thing to take from this too. This is a guy who has playoff experience in a tough Western Conference. Absolutely. Like this is a big push Absolutely. to a team that's notoriously chokes in the playoffs. And so. has and has grit and grind in his blood. You know, oh, like yeah. guy is just guy. A guy has just been awesome. So. Um, Needless to say, we are very excited as Raptor fans here about Marcus All. I think this was an awesome trade. Um, I think the Raptors, the fact that they didn't give up a first-round pick, they didn't give up Siakam or OG or any of the big-time guys that are going to be part of our core going forward, I think is an also another win. And um, and the fact that you used CJ Miles and his underperforming, you know, self and and uh, the 2024 first round or second rounder. I mean, those are you, you, you need to throw those in to get a guy like Marcus All. You're going to do it. Yeah. You're going to do it. And. Uh, like, if you look at this from a perspective of uh, Memphis, though, this is not yeah. good for Memphis. Like, yeah, let's let's take this Memphis perspective. We spent too much time on the Raptors here, but this is not a great trade for Memphis, cool. in my opinion. Like, you're getting maximum one year you're getting of one asset. You're getting one asset. you got to make DeLon, you, and he's not the biggest asset, really. I mean, you were going to lose Marcus all for nothing, probably, because he was going to opt out with Memphis because he wanted to play for a winner. Sure. And, like, you were ready to move on from him, too, as well. So, yeah. like... You wanted to get something for him, but a year of JV, DeLon, like, DeLon's not bad, but, like, like a year of JV and DeLon, you're going to buy out CJ, so he's yeah. going to be a buyout candidate. So you got a 2024 second-round pick, DeLon Wright, and a year of JV. For, for Marcus Gasol. For Marcus Like, that's not enough. That's not enough. You got to get a first. Like, you just have to get a first yeah, Marcus yeah. Like, you just have to. Like, I don't care if he's expiring. I don't care. Like, you, like, um... I just, I just don't see how you can't get a first for Marcus Gasol, even if it's a bad first. Like you can't, you just can't, a first. Yeah, yeah, just something, just some asset that you can use going forward. And I mean, you know, and even you look at all these teams like swapping their few, their first like Philly. Look at all those. Yeah. Like, the reason they were able to maneuver this trade with for Tobias Harris, they stockpiled these future firsts, like yes. trade a guy for. for Get one of those future first, so you have. Hey, if you're in that opportunity, you have the firepower to deal it. Right? Exactly. Like I, I, I don't know, man. And you know, Memphis in a tough spot too, right? They can't even use their cap space to take on picks because of the Conley and Gasol contracts too, right? So that's that. That's tough, and I get that. But and last thing I want to touch on, like we talk about Delon Wright as an asset. Well, he's only an asset as long as you pay him correctly. If you overpay for Delon Wright and he's locked in for the next four or five years on a contract that's way worse than what the value he's providing, then you're no, then you're no, then you're no different scenario as you were before, where you've got 
a guy like Connolly, who is obviously a much better player than DeLon, don't get yes. me wrong, but he's on a contract that's hard to move well, they'll and that's move, too big. I think they'll be able to move. Well, they'll move it in the summer now. Yeah. I think so, too. But um, question, though, just like Gasol didn't get a, didn't get a first-round pick for Gasol. Yeah. Cleveland got a lottery-protected first from Houston, correct? Uh, yeah, but they... Uh, for yes. who? They, well, they took on Brandon Knight's deal. Okay. They took on Brandon okay, Knight's deal. That's, that's why. Okay. They, gotcha. they had been shopping that package. So okay, that, gotcha. that that's why that's the case. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think you just have to get a first. I think one way or another, you have to get a first. And if not, you, you tell, like, you just... You just keep it moving, I guess. Or or I guess this is what you end up with when you don't get a first. Maybe there yep. was no first out there. And I guess maybe that is possible, right? Is that people were it's saving possible, their first? but I don't know. That's still... Yeah, I guess you got to get something. You got to get, 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 get something. something. So maybe maybe that was the case. The market wasn't out there for him. Who knows? But uh, but it wasn't a good deal. What was. wasn't a good deal for Memphis, and uh, the Raptors won this trade. I mean, whether Gasol opts in or opts out, I think the Raptors still won this trade. A lot of money comes off your books, and uh, you're able to go out there and uh, participate a little bit in free agency. And I think uh, the move of uh, getting rid of... Um, uh, sorry, Greg Monroe in the second for cash considerations also opens up a little bit of uh, luxury tax savings as well. So hopefully MLSC and Larry Tannenbaum will, you know, kind of give the green light to go after uh, guys in the summer. So hopefully that'll help us out a little bit. Hopefully. We'll see. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, to, that's the end of that. And uh, let's touch on a couple other trades that weren't necessarily as big, but, you know, maybe just kind of, you know, poking our finger at it just to see what's up here. Um, so the Clippers and Lakers make a rare trade, the two LA teams. The Clippers um, receive Avicii Zubac and Michael Beasley, and the Lakers get Mike Mascala. What, what are the Lakers thinking here? Such a small deal. Like, it's, I mean, but it's just it makes no sense. It just makes no, like... Like, Mascala's, I guess... I guess an okay shooter, he but is, like he is. he's a he's a stretch five. He's a stretch five. I think Zubac has some potential. Like I really do. So even if he doesn't, like this trade doesn't help you. Like, like this trade like, does not help the Lakers. Like, do you think Mike Muscala is like some incredibly insane pick and pop threat that just shoots forty percent? That's like defends on the perimeter. Like, like no. Zubac is twenty one. He played. He played so well. He played himself into Anthony Davis trade talks. Man, he wasn't even in the trade talks. Yeah, to start. Yeah. He played so well that he, the, that New Orleans was like, "Oh, we want him too." No, I know. Yeah, like he sure. was that good, right? And like he's still so young. Like there's still so much potential in him. And you just let him go. Like I just I, to get Mike Muscala. Like not even <laughs> not even a first rounder. No just cap Mike relief. Mike Muscala. No cap relief. No no first rounder. No assets. No nothing. Not even a second. Didn't make any sense. You gave up. Uh, <laughs> Man, a I potential solid future guy off the bench. Yeah. Even more potentially. He could be a starting center one day. He's only 21 years old. I think like he's six. a little older, isn't he? No, he's... Uh, let's, let's check. I think he's 21. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he is. I thought he was closer to like 24, Vicha but I mean, I could Z be wrong. Zubac. Let's check. I, th I think he's 21. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 21. 21. He's 21. Born in 97. He'll be 22 next month. He's so. 22 next month. Okay, I mean, I guess Mike Muscala is worth that. I mean, far, far be it. I'm, like, what, what do you want me to say? Like, I'm not, I'm no GM, but to me, like, this doesn't make a lot of sense yeah, to me. Good unless, deal for unless I'm missing something. Okay, moving on. Um, the Magic are receiving Marco Fultz. Finally, yeah. after how long? How long has it been since they've gotten anything close to a starting point guard? What was the last time? DJ Augustine. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a long while. So the well, Ma I like Alfred Payton, but he's not a starter. He's not a starter. Yeah. He's not. A, he's not. A, he's not a starter. We, I did like him out of the draft, though. I, I agree. Um, so the Magic are receiving Marco Fultz, and they are sending back Jonathan Simmons, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder's 2019 first rounder, uh, which yeah. turns to two seconds, I believe, if doesn't convey uh, in next year in 2020. Okay. Um, and this, and they're also receiving a Cavs unprotected second round pick as well in 2020, and they're getting that from Marco Fultz. Um, do you think the Magic gave up too too much for Fultz here? No. 
You don't think so? And no, I okay. don't because I think if you're Philly, like you took this guy first overall, he's still beyond young. Like the potential is there. This guy was a star in college. I know he didn't make the tournament, the NCAA tournament when he was there, but he was still a star. He had nothing around him. The potential is there. You are not going to give up the former first overall pick from a couple years ago for less than another first round pick, a solid piece, and a second even. I think you got to get at least that, and that's what they got. They were It's easy for Philly. If they don't get that, they're going to say no because they have no need to trade him. They can develop him. Like, he's still that young. The potential is there. If you're not getting a haul like that, it's not worth trading him. You'd rather take your shot developing him. Uh, I think the Sixers got a great haul here, uh, getting a first rounder and that's Cavs second rounder. Well, first yeah, of all, it's that... good. It's good for the Sixers, but all I'm saying is that's his value. I don't think Orlando gave up too much. This is a former first round pick from not long ago. I don't think they gave up too much. Um, you say what you want about his shooting. His shooting, can st- we don't know. Like his shoot, he can still come around and be a solid player. Lonzo Ball's true. shooting, and I know Lonzo Ball and him shooting is not comparable, but you can still be a, a solid point guard without being a great shooter. And yes, I think that's true. when he recovers, I think he'll still be fine. That's true. And, and I think we tend to gloss over a lot of other Markel Fultz's game. Like he's, he's good. He's, a, he's got a good ball handle on him. He's, he's, uh, he's a good ball handler. He's able to, you know, maneuver athletic. pick and roll. He's still athletic. He can still finish at the rim. He's got some tools. Don't get me wrong. I just think like, it's, it's so like, just the fact that his, his value was just so depressed after you see like the free throws and like the thoracic outlet syndrome. And we don't even know if he can shoot a basketball yet. Like we don't know anything about Marco Fultz. We haven't seen him take the floor in so long. And for you to be able to get a first rounder and a cab second rounder that's unprotected, that's looking like it's going to be somewhere between 31 and 35. I just think that's an awesome haul from the Sixers for a player whose market value was really up in the air considering he hadn't played in so long. And we don't know if he can shoot. Yeah, but he's still, this guy is still up. Everyone around the league is going to say Mark Huffle still has a ton of potential. He is worth exactly what they gave up. I I guess, I I guess, I mean, I I guess from Orlando's standpoint, like, what are you going to do with that first first round pick anyway, if you're Orlando? What are you going to choose? A guy in the 20s who, what, you're going to, you're going to miss on that pick again and not develop him (laughs) properly. You're going to take another five or another long wingspan four who you're not going to develop. The only trade that's a win-win here, I think, really. (laughs) That we've spoken okay. about so far. Hey, I think you know the only trade that's a win-win. Hey, I actually think I agree with you on this one. I th- actually think I agree. Orlando did give up what I think is a lot, uh, but just the, I guess they get back Marco Fultz. I mean, you, you know, you, you've got to, you got to take a swing at something. And uh, if, if you, if you think about it, what is this package that they put together going to acquire that Orlando actually needs? Who, what kind of go- point guard, most likely, right? Because that's pretty much all they need. That and maybe another wing. What point yeah, guard Jonathan, or wing yeah, exactly. are you getting yeah, yeah. with that package? Yeah. For, if you're, you're Orlando. You're not. You're not, exactly. You're not. So Mark Hall's worth it. So, so yeah. So, I know. I like, it's crazy. I'm talking, you're, you're, you're talking me into your own points here, man. You're, you're, doing, you're doing a good sales job of me today, man. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna front with you on that one. Um... We've got a couple more trades to do here. We've got a three-team trade uh, from the Rockets, Kings, and Cavs. Quickly, I'll go through it. The Rockets are getting Iman Shumpert, uh, Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin. Uh, Stauskas and Baldwin have been waived as of right now, so just Iman Shumpert and the 2021 second. Um, the Sacramento Kings are getting Alec Burks and a 2020 second. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are getting uh, that Houston package of Brandon Knight and the and their first rounder, as well as Marquise Chris and a 2022 second rounder. So My I, first comment is Kings gave up a little too much to just get Burks in a second. 
Um, so let, let's see. It looks like they yeah, Shumpert, okay, Baldwin. Sh- Shumpert. Um, no, no, Baldwin came from. Uh, oh, right, you're right, yeah. from Portland. Yeah. Um, but I think one of these seconds, I think, is um, so that Sacramento essentially gave up uh, Shumpert and a second to get Burks and another second back. So they probably upgraded their second round. Made pick some cap and, space and, yeah. and got Alec Burks. I mean, I mean, marginal moves, right? Marginal moves. I think. Mostly, I think Shumpert's a solid. That's I think Shumpert that, is solid, man. That's a big pickup for Houston. That's where I was going yeah. from Sacramento's and maybe Cleveland's point. This is minor moves, but from Shumpert, not only do they save massive amount of money getting rid of the Brandon Knight deal and taking Shumpert, who is expiring this year, but they also um, they, they're also able to get a guy who can play on the wing now. Yeah, like they, they got another three and D guy who is yeah. huge. Like, and to be able to net Shumpert from the Knight and protected first lottery protected first rounder package. Um, that's great. That's a great haul, I think, man. Yeah, I think like, so. No, great. I think Houston did great here. I, I think, think so Cleveland too. did great here. I know you got to take on Knight for a bit, but you still did pretty well picking yeah. up first round pick, second round pick. Chris, who still has a ton of potential too, I think. You still like Chris? Okay. I, I mean, don't think he's going to amount to what they thought he'd end up when uh, with Phoenix drafted yeah. him, but I still think Chris could still be a solid role player for sure. you. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just continuing with Sacramento here. Yes, they did get... Um, they did get Alec Burks now 2022nd, but they also uh, traded Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph for expiring uh, Harrison Barnes, which clearly is not a push expiring. to make the playoffs. Not expiring. Oh, player option. Sorry, and player option. And, and he's picking it up. <laughs> yeah. He's picking it up. Yeah. My, my apologies. Yes, he, you're absolutely right. He's picking that up. <laughs> um, but that's good for Sacramento. I mean, they're, he, look, they want to make the playoffs. They don't yeah. care what happens. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. shit. Like, they it's been make too the long. Yeah. yeah, it's been way too long, and they're, they're making the playoffs, and they've clearly chose to do so one way or another. And uh, I think it's an awesome move from Sacramento. I hope to, I love to see them in the playoffs. That would be great. And now it's them and the Lakers. But for if that you're pushing season. for it, then why trade Shumpert? That's just something I understand. I think Shumpert's going to help. Yeah, it would, make, it would make a lot more sense if you were getting that 2019 first rounder there for that Houston. That's what I mean. Like, um, it doesn't make sense for the spot you're in. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, there's an argument to be made there for sure. Um, I, I guess we'll kind of see how they're going forward. Maybe, who knows? Who knows? You know, a lot of Divac always questions me, man. That guy is weird sometimes. Um, another trade I want to get to here again, we're just going to wrap up here with a couple more, uh, Otto Porter going to the Chicago Bulls for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Um, uh, the first lose, lose. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's really funny. No, um, I'm not sure who wins this trade yeah, necessarily. Maybe I think actually Washington, I think Washington wins, wins it. Because you get they get Porter off, off. They get Porter off that Parker has deal, potential. And, and you get so Portis. Yeah. And you take a flyer on Parker and Portis, both of which who need to get paid next year. Um, but well, I don't know if Parker getting paid next year. Oh yeah. That's a good point. And I don't, I know, I'm, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure if Porter's getting paid either if we're being realistic. No, I like Porter. I think Portis is getting more interest in Parker and I'm the, I'm a Parker stan. Like I love Jabari Parker. I know. I know. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I like this. I like this for Washington though, uh, especially with that news and you know, Terrible news for John Wall. Torres Achilles getting into the tub uh, at his home. Going to be out 11 to 15 months. Yeah, I don't months. buy it. Really? Getting into the tub? I don't know. Well, oh, man, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, he probably did. It just, I well, remember. How else would it happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. It's just, it's just funny. I just, all these, like, I just, <laughs> I, all these things is like, nah. Like, how does this happen? Like, well, I've know. heard from multiple reports that, like, that's realistically the only time you can actually take the boot off is to rest your foot when yeah. you're at home. And there's been multiple scenes where he's in one of those push scooters with his knee up. No, kind of like for yeah. 75, and you need to, like, push with one leg. Yeah. He, he had one of those going in the arena as, as well. So I don't think he was, like, reckless with his, like, his Achilles and was just, like, running around and doing dumb shit. I don't think that that was the case. I do generally believe he just slipped and fell. For sure. I honestly yeah. do. Yeah. So... Uh, terrible for him, and the fact that he's got a ton of money owned to him over the next, you know, four to five years is like even worse. And so that's what uh, prompted Washington to get out of the tax here. He said, "Okay, we can't be in the luxury tax here with John Wall making this money and yeah. us not being competitive whatsoever." No. So, so it makes sense for Washington. I think they win that trade. But I kind of like, um, uh, I kind of like, you know, the Bulls taking a, a little flyer on Porter there. Well, maybe they got something. Yeah, maybe they got say, something. Yeah. Maybe they got something. Who knows? Um, 
And I think all of these other moves are just kind of, you know. Well, I'd say Miritich is a big one. Oh, yeah, Miritich. Oh, yeah, why not? And oh, honestly, oh, sorry. Reggie totally Bullock's not. a big one, too. Okay, let's. Okay. I like Reggie Bullock. I This is funny. I like Svi Mikhailiuk, actually, man. I yeah, really like Svi. Svi. I like Svi. I think he's a big time shooter. You got him, like, late second round uh, if you're the Lakers. And, you know, I think there still could, should have been some time where you could have developed him. Like, I really liked him. Um, I guess you did get a future second. But is well, there you a, did get a future second if you're Detroit Pistons. But and, is there a better. Well, there's obviously a better, but. Role players to build around LeBron. Reggie Bullock's one I have in mind. That's not going to cost you like a ton. Like he's just going to be that role player who's yeah. going to be great to play with LeBron. Catch and shoot and defend. That's there all you we go. Need from you. And that's what. It, hey, that's a good deal for the Lakers. Yeah, sure. I I, I agree with you there. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking for the damn uh, trade for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Miritich, uh, and I don't see it here, and I'm upset. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I'm upset. Where the heck is this? We'll find it. We'll find it in a second. Um. But um, it was but, early in the day. Yeah, it, it was earlier in the day. Uh, like, there it is. is yeah. There it is. Okay. Okay. So Nikola Mirotic headed over to Milwaukee. Originally, I thought it was going to be, you know, is Ursan Ilyasova going back? Like, who's going back for them? Turns out Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, uh, who they received from the Pistons in the earlier trade, trading Thon Maker, and multiple second round picks. I've been told it's four. Yeah. Four second rounders. I read three to four. Okay. Three, three to four for, for Nikola Mirotic, who is expiring this year, if I'm not mistaken. Make sure that no, he is. He is okay. Yeah, yeah. so I think uh, he is. Yeah, okay. Nikola Mirotic expiring. So I mean, it's probably one of the last ones we'll touch on. But what do, you, what do you think of this deal? I mean, I think the Bucks just stole the guy. To be honest, man. Oh yeah, like the it's Bucks an just, absolute the Bucks, steal. The Bucks just literally like I them. said, man. This <clears throat> trade deadline week has been a lot of just fleeces, in my opinion. Like there hasn't been too much even. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, and, and you think, oh, four second rounders. How do you get fleeced? Well, if you're the Bucks and you got Giannis and you got Middleton and you got and you got <laughs> have Pitzel, fun picking in the fifties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have fun picking in the fifties. Exactly. That's exactly it, right? Um, so he's the unrestricted free agent. No team option. No club option. He's absolutely expiring. So I mean, hey, uh, if you're the Bucks and you're saying, hey, you can pick in the fifties all you want, and we're going to take Nikola Mirotic and make our stretch run and try to get to the finals here, well worth it. Well worth gamble, in my opinion, man. Well, if I had to put money opinion. down, in my opinion, after this trade you deadline. You can resign him, too. He's 27. Exactly. You can resign him. You bring him back for a, a decent number, especially if you, uh, you've you got the the books to be able to do it. I'd bring him back. Why not, man? That, that's a nice little deal there. So, uh, I mean, good for Milwaukee. They really um, they really got a good haul there. They're my favorites for the East right now. I think they make it out of the East, if I had to pick right now. Oh, that's a shame, but okay. Um, well, I'm not sure yet. I'm, I'm, I'm actually still leaning towards the Raptors until, Raptors until I see... Um, until I see more, I, I got some questions about Meritage's health and uh, things of that nature. And defensively in the playoffs, he could get exposed a little bit. So I'm curious to see that. Um, I, I think that's pretty much it, you know, for the main trades. I mean, we try to keep this short. And again, we almost went an hour, so you know, almost impossible on this front. But, uh, but I mean, yeah. So biggest, uh, biggest winner for you today? Biggest loser? Winner, I'm going to go we'll with... Go with since, since the Porzingis trade and on, we'll go. Not just today. I'm going to go with the biggest winner was the Clippers. I'm going with the Clippers, too. And I'm going with the Clippers, too. That was my pick. And the biggest loser... I'm going with... Oh, it's tough, eh? It's tough. Because because you, you don't really see how I'm these trades... I'm going to go with the Grizzlies. Yeah, I guess so, Actually, right? you know what? I'm not going to go with the Grizzlies. I'm going to go with the Knicks. Okay, sure. You go, you go with the Knicks. They uh, did, didn't make any moves at the deadline, so I'm assuming it's the Porzingis trade that you're calling them yep. the loser for. Okay. Um... Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I think the um, I think the Clippers are big winners here. They stockpiled assets. They've created a better environment for Kawhi uh, and other. Oh no, agents. no, no! We forgot to talk about Shelvin Max deal, man. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
Shelvin Mack for Tyler Dorsey. If any of those two guys makes any contribution, you can at me and I will talk <laughs> about it. Otherwise, I'm not talking about it. Um, and the biggest loser for me, you know what? I'm going Boston. Boston did not move here. Yeah. All of the other teams made make big a point. moves. You make a point. All of the other teams made big moves and people are out there saying, oh, well, Boston shouldn't just do something to do something. Well, you ha- you're doing something because you have to do something. There's a lot of big teams that made improvements. Philly got better. Well, Boston, they dealt a Jabari Bird. Oh, uh, they dealt Jabari Bird. Okay, because the guy hits women. Yeah. The guy hits women and Atlanta released him right away, which I, you know, don't blame them for whatsoever. Um, but Boston did not improve in any in any such capacity. They still have questions about what horrible what are sorry what Hayward's going to be in the playoffs. They still don't know what their best starting five is. I can They've tell you Marcus what Hayward's going to be in the playoffs. Not good. Yeah, it. yeah, not 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 good to, from what I understand. And I mean, maybe that could change, but I don't see it so far. And um, and you and on top of that, you've also done nothing to show Kyrie that you're any closer to making moves to make sure that you're going to get to the finals. Because right now, Kyrie believes that they're not where they the Boston is not where they should be and if Boston is He's not where frustrated. they should be he is frustrated and if Boston is not where they should be it's on Danny Ainge to make sure that they get where they should be Masai takes on that challenge every summer every summer and every trade deadline he said if we need to make moves we are not afraid to do that to make sure that we are going to stay in contention and it's magnified with the Boston Celtics when you have Kyrie unhappy so i think when you combine that with the fact that they're already not uh, the the best team in the East right now. I don't think that anybody can say that they're the best team in the East right now, the way they've been playing, and the fact that they made no moves to try and change that, and Philly, Milwaukee, and Toronto all made moves. I think that Boston comes out a loser, even if they didn't make any moves that hurt them necessarily. No, you're right. I don't disagree with that. That's a good point. So that's so that's the guy. That's that's what I'm going with. Um, all right, that wraps it up. Uh, we we want to go watch uh, the All Star selections and uh, to see who who the Raptors play against the Hawks tonight. So uh, thank you again for for jumping on. Uh, that was our trade deadline uh, review. Uh, again, we'll be back um, soon. Time I'm not exactly sure when. Maybe a bio market preview. There's still a few guys on the bio market. Cool. Um, you know, just go through the guys quickly. We got Enos Cantor. Wes Matthews, Markeith Morris, um, Peter Miles, <laughs> uh, Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, a couple other guys as well that uh, we'll be looking at. Uh, Wayne Ellington is another one. He's um, a big one. So we'll so we'll see when that wraps up to see if we can um, see if we can preview that and see if anything changes based on that. Maybe that's where Boston makes their move. I mean, they, Jabari Bird opening that up that roster spot up means they will be players in the bio market. So maybe that's where they make their move. But uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be back uh, soon enough, and uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for coming on, Nick. Thanks for having me.